Stand by. Bono once said that America is not just a country, it's an idea. Backbone by purpose, logic, hardship, pain, fortune, poverty, destruction, and corruption. Where liberal minds think and conservative minds feel, it is time to bridge the gap between love and power. I am Braden Lutz. I am a college journalist, majoring in broadcasting, and why don't you walk with me down the Beeline Trail? Coming to you live from the American heartlands of Indiana, streaming from west to east, this is the Beeline Trail. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, Braden Lentz. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night. Hello everyone and welcome to the Beeline Trail. My name is Braden Lentz. Got a lot to talk about today. Honestly, it's been a wild week. Uh, well, snow has fallen here on campus, so it is great to know that, uh, that the holidays are finally over. Valentine's Day just ended just yesterday. But yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about the impeachment trials, which will be the very first thing we talk about. And not only that, we don't have any special guests today. That is coming soon. But just as a quick update, I will let you guys know that this show will probably be airing on Wednesdays. Probably every Wednesday. Or every day. It could be... I'm still deciding, but I think every Wednesday would be good for me because I really do, really do not have much going on, especially around the nighttime. So it'll be around 4 to 6 maybe, maybe 5 to 6. It depends on the severity of the classwork. So guys... What an impeachment trial. It was short indeed, but, I mean, if you think about it, I'm just glad it's over. Because, if you think about it, why on earth we had this guy as president? I don't know. Uh, Donald Trump. We can't even mention his name now or else it would bring back PTSD. Uh, it is a horrible circumstance that it happened at the Capitol riots. I would, me and my family were just completely in shock. We were terrified, and uh, it was just, I mean, as I told my mother, I said, America that can actually benefit from a little bit of therapy, especially after the Capitol riots. So, as you guys may have known, the Senate has voted that Trump is not guilty. We had some very emotional testimony during the entire impeachment trials. There were two very painstaking videos that came out during the trials, and I think it was good to show that. It was terrifying. Might have brought back PTSD. But in a way, America, we need a realization moment that we need therapy. More than ever, we need therapy. So, um, yeah, America, we're going to still live with PTSD for maybe another one or two years. Because what the rioters did was one of the worst acts of terrorism I had ever seen. And, I, and put blue and red aside, this was one of the worst riots we'd had since 1812. And it's, it's bad knowing that this happened in America. But I think the end result to all of the impeachment trials, to all of the emotional videos, 
the thing is, they targeted Mike Pence. And, uh, and my views on it is, these rioters just attacked anybody who opposed Trump. And by and the thing that shocks me is that Pence, he was on Trump's side for four years. And then all of a sudden, Trump just backfires the entire thing on him. The craziest part is that Trump actually said that these people, he was going to walk with them. What kind of a sitting president would do something like that, honestly? I mean, it's weird and it's upsetting. But thank goodness it's over. We just want to move on. As Tupac says, life goes on. It is a very emotional song. Uh, the silver lining is that the Biden administration, they've done really well during COVID-19. There has been a drastic change in office. If you look at the coronavirus numbers, so you look at the COVID-19 numbers in the United States, the highest that the COVID numbers ever were were around January 8th, January 7th. But yeah, I'm looking it up here. Uh, let's see. But yes, it is amazing to see what the Biden administration is doing. Here we go. As of January 8th, there were over 300,000 new cases with over almost 260,000 on a daily average. And now the numbers are for new cases. As of yesterday, Valentine's Day, 63,850 and a 7-day average of 91,130. So, as you can tell, between January 8th and February 14th, there's been a drastic change in the White House, a drastic change of power. But I think one of the things that the Biden administration needs to do best, please give us our stimulus. We need our stimulus. There are so many people that are dying to not have their stimulus. And I just think that is one of the lines that the Biden administration can improve on. The Senate has voted and tried again and again and again to get the stimulus checks even functional. But in fact, they're not. And it's just a breach of power, it seems like. It's not really the Biden administration that's doing it. It's just damages from the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, and they're still butting heads. They're butting heads over something that the American public mean, needs. But that just describes for you our party and how American democracy is today. Not just on the Republican side, but the Democratic side. It's a big corporation. In reality, our government is a big corporation. They will not, they will not take for granted someone who has a mental health issue. Let's say a kid who's 15 has just suffered from an episode of mania because he has had undiagnosed bipolar disorder. The government will not act on this child until again and again and again and again, this kid is repeating the same pattern. Because the government, as we know it, is a big corporation. It's a big fraud to a lot of people. And that's the same goes with stimulus checks. The American public needs the stimulus checks, but we're still butting heads. We butt heads over mental health. The government has butted heads over the economy. They have butted heads over even sporting events at times and what we should do for them. I mean, simple stuff like that. They're fighting over chickens. 
they're fighting over chickens and it's stupid. But back to my point with the mental health, with the child with the mania, they have to, the government makes you again and again and again do the same tests, go to the same acute centers, and then go to the same residential facilities that are not going to help out this child. And then they have to do something extreme. One prime example would probably be there was a woman who appeared on Oprah and she tried everything to get her child with autism to the nearest doctor who could actually believe in her. This woman burned her and her daughter in a van and then she was arrested but the daughter got help. The government will wait on the most drastic of issues and they will not act. What a bro- what it, that's why I say the government is a big corporation and it's not just mental health we're talking about here. For example, there are children who are going to college and they are needing the vocational rehab program. Vocational rehabilitation is what the government supplies to help those with mental health issues, physical limitations, or emotional health issues to get proper funding for college. And one of the obstacles that we have been across is that this government, this government will not act on its people. The government will wait and wait and wait until you need a usage for them. Goes back to the mother burning her child in the car. And goes back to the boy who has a mental health issue. They're going to wait until you have the very big extreme. And what kind of extreme do we need for a stimulus check? What kind of... It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. But the government is just a big corporation. And they're butting heads over every little thing. And my stance on it, it doesn't matter if it's mental health issues. Or back to my example with vocational rehab. So with vocational rehab, they will not pay for... I mean, in some areas. In some areas. Imagine you're in Indiana and you live in Shoals, Indiana. If you're in Shoals, Indiana you would have more of a need for vocational rehab than if you lived in a town like West Lafayette, Bloomington, or Indianapolis. So the government is not going to act on something that they told me. You live in Bloomington, and your mom lives in Bloomington too. Your parents live in Bloomington. There are two colleges in Bloomington. You need to go to the both of them. You can't go to another school. So... The government will wait and wait and wait to see the drastic measures that we need. But they don't act on those drastic measures. It's the same with mental health issues, the same with college admissions, the same even with a stimulus check. There are too many people butting heads. And what they need to do for a stimulus check, there are so many people in need. You look around you. You look around at the world and you see people are just dying from this virus every single day and people are still unemployed. People are still trying to get to the food bank because they don't have any other food left to offer for them. It's crazy that... But it doesn't shock me. The government is a big corporation, as I have said, and it's not just mental health issues either. Medicare and Medicaid, they won't provide unless you have a serious need serious and what i mean by serious is you try to kill yourself off the top of a bridge so 
That is the type of serious that we are talking about here. For a kid with mental health issues, they will wait until he jumps off that bridge to get the type of help that he needs. Because then they start getting initiatives put in place. This child gets into a residential center and then he gets the right medicine and the right treatment that is right for him. Same goes with that mother. The mother got arrested, but the daughter got the help that she needed because the government finally acted on something very serious. They wait until you take your last breath on earth to get help. And same goes with stimulus checks. It needs to happen. And the government cannot be butting heads over a stimulus. But the big thing about the impeachment trial, I know I've gotten off track, but the big thing about the impeachment trials that really stood out to me were some of the testimonies, but the videos really grounded me. And it is, it brings out a sense of realism, a sense of PTSD that this country is going through. But in the end, I just have to say, thank God we do not have a bigot, a narcissist, a terrible man but he's smart a smart man who has made terrible decisions in his lifetime as president of the united states he not only caused racial disparities i mean your views on him are your views on him so if you love trump just like my great cousins if you love if you love trump don't bash me on it just don't because our country, as, as my opinion is my opinion, and your opinion is your opinion. Trump is a smart person. He knows that he's smart. And his whole family is smart too. Barron has lived off the side of a curve, it feels like. And Trump is just taking the center of attention. But we don't need a narcissist in the White House probably ever again. They need to also have advancements in the way that we elect our leaders, you need to be at the age of 35, but there also needs to be a requirement that you have two to three years or even four years of government experience. Because as we have learned, a business typhoon like Elon Musk may not have the same experience as a senator from Louisiana who has had 14 years of political experience, started at the age of 24, and now he's 37 and he's running for president. There needs to be an advancement inside and outside of who we select as our president. Yes, we are the land of the brave and the home of the free. But if we want to be the land of the brave and the home of the free, we got to select someone who is brave has experience but can also make us free so all in all in the end the trump administration was a complete failure and i am glad that it's all over as most of our country will be healing for a very long time on this issue we will take a break we will be right back for three uh, back in three minutes for the Beeline Trail, I am Braden Lentz.
welcome back to the Beeline Trail. I am Braden Lentz, and just a friendly reminder that this broadcast is not called the Sweaters and Bandwagons podcast anymore. This is now the Beeline Trail, a political podcast that we address both the Democratic and the Republican side of life. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in once again after this short commercial break. And uh, yeah, thank thank you all so much for your constant support. Currently, we got three plays on Anchor FM. Hopefully, we can get more, and maybe later we can get sponsorships. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for supporting the Beeline Trail. Please follow us on our YouTube page at the Beeline Trail, as this will be posted on YouTube, Anchor FM, Spotify, and maybe Twitch. But yes, let's get to our next topic. The Dallas Mavericks, the greatest, one of the best NBA teams, I love Luka Doncic, Chris Stepps, Porzingis, and of course Mark Cuban, former IU great, have decided to ban the playing of the national anthem during all of their home games for the remainder of the season. Now, this is a good, I think in a way... It's kind of a risky move. It's a very, very risky move, especially by a man who's made over billions and billions of dollars and has won one NBA title in his life. But, I mean, it's kind of offensive in a way. It kind of is. It's kind of offensive to not play the national anthem, especially for our brave men and women and our soldiers that are still fighting abroad. Um, the big problem with playing the national anthem in our country, as I have seen, as I've worked both volleyball games and basketball games with no fans here at the university I'm in, there is no, nobody wants to raise their hand up to their heart and sing the national anthem anymore. We are a divided country as we know it, thanks to uh, incidents such as Derek Chauvin, and what happened to George Floyd, what happened to Breonna Taylor and the officers that killed her. We have lived in a divided country, and this stance of the National Anthem, will this bring an end to the National Anthem even playing at the any sporting event ever again? This is why I think it's kind of disrespectful. It's not disrespectful to put your hand over your heart and to sing the National Anthem. You can kneel, you can stand, or you can pray. That I have no problem with, especially as a guy who works as a PA announcer, I'm certified. I would say please rise, pray, or kneel at all of my games. You have the option of doing three. You should not have to be subjected to taking one stance and putting the hand over your heart. But the big thing about the anthem is, especially what I saw with Colin Kaepernick back in 2016... Very riveting moment in our country. Not only that he, not only did he separate our country and divided us up, but not only that, but we brought he brought awareness to a sport that was badly in need of more awareness to bring out political issues. The only time the NFL ever brought out political issues was in 2001 and during 9/11. But. The big thing is, do not blame the National Anthem for being the reason why we have killed so many African Americans. Because our country has never been home of the land and the free. 
We've never been or the land of the free and the home of the brave. We've not been brave and we've not been free, especially for my tone. Especially as a young kid who grew up in Lagodi and his mother was called the N-word lover and said that she was going to have the N-word twins while attending college at 19. But racial disparity in my life is the same for a lot of other African Americans. And many people don't even think I'm black half the time. Many people think that I am white, but really I had a white mother and a black uh, man in my life. But don't blame the office, don't blame the national anthem for being the reason that we are in this problem right now. Because, in a way, to white people, the anthem brings pride and joy to their country. But there are also black people who have served our country too, and the national anthem is symbolic for all races. There have been Hispanic people in the military, Latinos in the military, uh, J- Japanese uh, people from Korea in the military. I mean, people who came from Korea to the U.S. And if you think about it, I had family members who were not only in the Army, but they were also in the Navy, and we had one in the Air Force. And we also had uh, a best fr- my mother's best friend who had died in a vicious car accident years ago, around 2001. He was a member of the Marines. And the saying, the playing of the national anthem has nothing, had nothing to do with race. It had pride and freedom written all over it. It was written, it was written during the hills and it was a symbolic song at the time. And many of the United and many people who lived in America and who fought in the war of 1912, of 1812, used that song as a symbolic tool. But don't blame the national anthem for racial disparity. Blame it on the officers, the police officers, or the men and women that abuse their power. And they hurt others. The ones who kill innocent people for absolutely no reason and have no say of being an officer. These men and women are homicidal, but not every officer is. There are some officers I have met that are some of the greatest people you would ever meet. They are so kind, they are so generous. There are officers of color that are some of the best officers you would meet. There are a lot of officers who work on the line of duty to not only bring about change to an entire police department, but to also bring change to their communities. There is an officer on Skid Row who, in L.A., has allowed himself to not be a man of race. He doesn't care that he is black. He is an officer who is there to help. There was a white officer who helped me after an assault, and he was there. He was white, but he was also one of the best officers I had ever met. And he helped me out during a trying situation. There are so many officers that are some of the best people. There, I even have a family member that's a police officer. And he doesn't abuse their, that power. 
but very rarely do you find officers that abuse the power to kill and to not protect and serve. And these people, these men and women who abuse their power are also the same people that might abuse their wife at home, they might abuse their husband at home, that might abuse their sister, their brother. Maybe they were terrible people to start with, but we can't always blame the police academy for being the one who allowed these officers to come in. Some of the officers don't act like this. It's like if you were in a relationship with a woman or a man, if you or prefer women or prefer men, let's say you prefer women. So let's say your wife acts a different way for you before she has a kid. And then she has a kid, and then she's a completely different person. So it goes to show you that there are some officers who abuse their power because they may not be like that at first, but then they grow sadistic because of the leadership role that they are in. They have a title. They have a badge. Why not I go out and shoot people? Why don't I go out and corrupt the community? Why don't I go out and sell drugs to a community member, to a homeless guy? The truth of the matter is, there are officers, it's not just police officers. Men in corporate America, women in corporate America, men in construction sites, people that, athletes that play sports, I mean the Dallas Mavericks. There are so many people who are not one person at first. They act differently than they would if they had their job in the, in the title. There are psychiatrists that are like this, therapists that are like this, doctors, machine workers, there are waitresses, there are waiters, there are so many titles you could think of, even CVS store stockers. They don't have to show their true colors at first because they might be narcissistic or they might be egocentric. And they're very big-headed. Look at Mikey Williams referring to basketball. To me, he's got one of the biggest heads I had ever seen in sports. Because not only does he have a large Instagram following, but he also is probably going to go to the NBA and play in college. He is the most big-headed athlete I had ever seen on what I had seen. He acts like he's the king of the throne. And there are so many other people that act like they are kings of the thrones. Tragically, it is like this in the police as well. There are some officers that are some of the greatest people you have ever met, but there are also officers who abuse their power just like they did with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. I mean, you ask George Zimmerman, he was a sadistic as well. If you think about it, he really was. And you look at his backstory, and he really was. What happened to Trayvon Martin was despicable, and that was one of the first crimes I had heard of in my life. I didn't even put my hood on. But the big thing about the anthem, it is used to salute our military, our first responders, and authority. And it, would, and it never, ever was intended to target those of race, gender or sex never in a million years was the anthem supposed to target us because if you think about it the anthem oh say can you see 
by the dawn's early light represents the coming of a new day what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming that is supposed to represent from day to night that our country is that we our soldiers were to fight in battle whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight representing through the battle of the war that our nation and that our flag still stands what so proudly we hailed at the whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watch were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave a symbolic tune meaning through battle and war america will still be one and that our flag still stands coming up next we got a very special announcement for you coming up and also a new episode update. We will be right back after this from Braden from the Beeline Trail. Welcome back to the Beeline Trail. This is Braden Lentz, 
And as a final reminder to you guys, uh, as you may probably know, probably Wednesdays or Thursdays, we're going to probably be hearing this show between 5 to 6. Make sure you tune in on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you all so much. Our next episode will air probably next week or sometime this week. And if it was this week, it would probably be Friday. Not to confuse not to confuse you guys so much. I'm sorry I'm doing that. Thank you all so much for listening. Streaming from west to east, far and wide, through and through. Brayden is in, and Brayden is out. Have a great night, and have a good day.